the N-terminal cysteine is a dual sensor of oxygen and oxidative stress. Our young hero, young Tai Noon, and others from Seoul National University, Seoul, Korea, PNAS 2021. Cellular homeostasis requires the sensing and the adaptation to intracellular oxygen, O2, and reactive oxygen species, ROS. The arginine and degrun pathway targets proteins that bear destabilizing and terminal residues for degradation by the proteosome or via autophagy. Under normoxic conditions, the N-terminal cysteine NTSS, residues of specific substrates can be oxidized by deoxygenases such as plant cysteine oxidases and cysteamine to amino ethanentiol deoxygenases and arginated by ATE1 are transferases to generate arginine cysteine O2. Proteins bearing the arginine cysteine O2 and degrun are targeted via lysine 48, K48 linked ubiquitination by UBR1, UBR2 and recognizes for proteosomal degradation. During acute hypoxia, such proteins are partially stabilized owing to decreased N-terminacysteine oxidation. Here we show that if hypoxia is prolonged, the N-terminacysteine of regulatory proteins can be chemically oxidized by reactive oxygen species to generate arginine cysteine O3, RCO3, a lysosomal entry gone. The resulting RCO3 is bound by KCMF1 and N-recognine that induces K63-linked ubiquitination, followed by K27-linked ubiquitination by the non-canonical N-recognine UBR4. Autophagic targeting of cysteine and degrun substrates is mediated by the autophagic N-recognine B62 SQTSM1 sequestosome 1 through recognition of K26 K63 linked ubiquitin chains. The cysteine and degrun dependent reprogramming in the proteolytic flux is important for cellular homeostasis under both chronic hypoxia and oxidative stress. A small compound ligand of P62 is cytoprotective under oxidative stress through its ability to accelerate proteolytic flux of K26, K63 ubiquitinated cysteine and degron substrates. Our results suggest that the N-terminal cysteine of conditional cysteine and degron substrates acts as an acceptor of O2 to maintain both O2 and reactive oxygen species homeostasis and modulates half-lives of substrates through either the proteosome or lysosome by reprogramming of their ubiquitin codes.
Cellulomyostasis requires the sensing of an adaptation to dynamically changing environmental factors such as hypoxia, oxidative stress, extreme temperatures, and nutrient starvation. No sensing mechanisms involve GCN2 and AMPK, which respectively sense amino acid and glucose starvation, as well as hypoxia-inducible factor 1-alpha, HIF-1-alpha, which senses oxygen levels. As an oxygen sensor, the transcription factor HIF-1-alpha is normally hydroxylated by prolyl hydroxylase and degraded through ubiquitination by the von Hippel-Lindau A3 ligase. Under hypoxia, HIF1-alpha is not oxidized and is thus metabolically stabilized, leading to the transcription induction of hypoxia-responsive proteins. However, as this chronic sensor of hypoxia typically requires at least 2 to 4 hours to adjust stress response pathways, it remains an outstanding question how cells sense and react to acute hypoxia. This regulation of oxygen homeostasis can cause the excessive accumulation of reactive oxygen species, leading to oxidative stress. In response to the increases of reactive oxygen species levels, cells attempt to maintain homeostasis by activating stress-specific signaling cascades, such as the KEAP1, NRF2, NFKB, AKT and MAPK pathways. While the functions and mechanisms of antioxidative stress pathways are known fairly well understood, little is known about how cells initially sense the accumulation of reactive oxygen species. Moreover, despite the fact that O2 and reactive oxygen species are chemically and physiologically related to each other, it has remained unclear how sensing systems for oxygen and reactive oxygen species are in crosstalk with each other, especially when reactive oxygen species begin to accumulate as a consequence of chronic oxygen deficiency. The arginine and degrun pathway can target a protein that bears a destabilizing N-terminal residue for degradation by the proteosome or via autophagy. The set of endegrins encompasses N-terminal arginine. While this endegron can be present constitutively, it can also be generated conditionally through arginylation of N-terminal aspartate or N-terminal glutamate. By arginyl tRNA protein transferase 1 the resulting N-terminal arginine is bound by the UBR box of the N-recognins UBR1 and UBR2 that promote ubiquitination and proteosomal degradation of native substrates. In addition to N-terminal aspartate and N-terminal glutamate, N-terminal cysteine can be N-terminally arginylated following its chemical or enzymatic oxidation. The N-terminal cysteine carrying substrate of arginylation include a set of GTPase activating proteins 
and interleukin-32 that carry the anti-methylene-cysteine motif as a pro-endigrin. The RGS proteins are normally degraded through the ubiquitin proteasome system, UPS, during which the cysteine 2 residue is internally exposed as a pro-endigrin following N-terminal imethionine excision. This N-terminal cysteine residue is subsequently oxidized into cysteine O2, cysteine sulfinic acid, by mammalian cysteine deoxygenases, ADO, or plant cysteine oxidases, PCO, and arginylated by ATE1, leading to substrate ubiquitination and proteosomal degradation. However, under hypoxia, the oxidation of N-terminal cysteine residue is inhibited, resulting in the metabolic stabilization and adjustment of downstream signaling pathways. Through oxygen-dependent degradation, the N-terminal cysteine can function as an oxygen acceptor in a cellular sensing system for acute hypoxia. However, the role of the N-terminal cysteine residue in chronic hypoxia and oxidative stress remains unknown. Here we show that the N-terminal cysteine 2 of the endigram pathway is an acceptor of oxygen in cellular sensing systems for acute and chronic hypoxia as well as oxidative stress. When O2 levels are altered, the half-lives of cysteine and degrowth substrates are acutely modulated through oxidation of the N-terminal cysteine into cysteine oxygen H, a proteasomal and degrowth. If hypoxia is prolonged, the N-terminal cysteine residue is chemically oxidized by reactive oxygen species generating cysteine oxygen 3 H an autophagic endragon. The chemical oxidation of the N-terminal cysteine also functions as a sensor for oxidative stress. Substrate bearing the cysteine O3 degron are K27, K63 ubiquitilated by the E3 ligases and recognizes KCMF1 and UBR4 for PCC2-dependent macrotophagic proteolysis. Thus, the cysteine and dragon pathway functions as a sensor for oxygen and reactive oxygen species under various physiological conditions. Results the N-cysteine residue plays a key role in sensing acute and chronic hypoxia, as well as oxidative stress through its oxidation. To understand the role of N-terminal cysteine residue in sensing oxygen and reactive oxygen species, and how the two sensing systems are interwinded, which each other we first characterized the metabolic fate and they N-terminal modifications of N-terminal cysteine proteins under acute versus chronic hypoxia. The gradation assay showed the RGS4, RGS5, RGS16 
and IL-32 were normally degraded by the UPS. The degradation required and terminally agenilation of the cysteine 2 residues as evidenced by the stabilization and the chemical inhibition of ATE1 by tannic acid or cysteine 2 mutation to valine. Consistent with our previous findings, the N-terminal cysteine is oxidized to facilitate proteosomal degradation of endigran substrates. The N-terminal cysteine proteins were drastically stabilized under hypoxia. These results reiterate the role of N-terminal cysteine in proteolysis by the endigran pathway and sensing acute hypoxia in mammalian cells. We also determined whether the N-terminal cysteine acts as a sensor of reactive oxygen species and oxidative stress. Importantly, normally short-lived cysteine and degron substrates turn to long-lived when cells under normoxia were exposed to reactive oxygen species inducing chemicals such as tertibutyl hydroperoxide and cobalt chloride. These reactive oxygen species induced stabilization occurred as early as 0.5 hours and continued up to 6 hours post-treatment with reactive oxygen species inducers, independent of transcriptional alteration. These N-terminal cysteine proteins metabolically stabilized TBHP or cobalt chloride returned back to the short-lived when reactive oxygen species was scavenged using N-acetylcysteine, NAC. In contrast, C2V RGS4 mutant was unconditionally long-lived under all conditions tested and insensitive to N-acetylcysteine. These results suggest that normally short-lived N-terminal cysteine proteins metabolically stabilized under oxidative stress through chemical oxidation of the N-terminal cysteine by reactive oxygen species. To determine the role of N-terminal cysteine residue as a sensor of chronic hypoxia, we also tested the hypothesis that chronic hypoxia generates reactive oxygen species which in turn chemically oxidize N-terminal cysteine bearing proteins. Indeed, DCHFDA says showed that prolonged hypoxia led to the excessive production of reactive oxygen species, which was counter-reacted by N-acetylcysteine. Consistently, RGS-16 was long-lived under chronic hypoxia and became short-lived following N-acetylcysteine treatment. These results collectively suggest that the N-terminal cysteine residue represents a serous sensing system for acute and chronic hypoxia, as well as oxidative stress in an HIF1R4-independent manner. Proteolytic flux in the cysteine and degrin pathway is shifted from the proteosome to the lysosome under chronic hypoxia and oxidative stress. To investigate the role of N-terminal cysteine residue, 
as an oxidative stress-specific endegrin, we characterized the metabolic fates of N-terminal cysteine-carrying proteins. Cyclohexamidae Chase assay showed that cysteine endegrin substrates were stabilized in an N-terminal cysteine-dependent manner when cells were treated with cobalt chloride. When proteolytic flux was analyzed using the proteosomal inhibitor MG132 or the lysosomal inhibitor bafilomycin A1, they were normally degraded via the UPS but redirected to autophagy in response to oxidative stress induced by cobalt chloride or third butyl hydroperoxide. Such proteolytic rerouting occurred as early as half-hour post-exposure to reactive oxygen species. In co-localization analysis, N-terminal cysteine proteins under oxidative stress were targeted to P62 plus LC3 plus autophagic membranes through the activity of the N-terminal cysteine. The degradation via microautophagy was abolished by chemical inhibition or genetic ablation of ATE1. Thus, the N-terminal cysteine residue exposed to oxidative stress redirects proteolytic flux from the UPS to microautophagy through the, its oxidation and arginylation. Next, we determined the role of N-terminal cysteine residue in autophagic proteolysis under chronic hypoxia. Proteolytic flux assays showed that cysteine and degrin substrates were normally subject to acute degradation by the UPS with cooperation of ADO1, but drastically stabilized when hypoxia was prolonged to 6 hours. The apparent stabilization was attributed to rerouting from UPS-mediated acute degradation to lysosome-mediated chronic degradation. The autophagic degradation was abrogated by genetic depletion or chemical inhibition of ATE1. Thus, proteolytic flux of cysteine and degron substrates is redirected from the UPS to autophagy if hypoxia is prolonged. The N-terminal cysteine under oxidative stress is oxidized and arginylated to generate the N-degron arginine cysteine O3. Previous studies showed that when cells sense acute changes in oxygen levels, the N-terminal cysteine residue is enzymatically oxidized to the cysteine O2 N-degron by plant PCO1 or mammalian ADO1. We therefore tested whether ADO1 mediates oxidation of the N-terminal cysteine under chronic hypoxia. Importantly, ADO1 knockdown cells under chronic hypoxia retained significant autophagic flux of cysteine and degron substrates, suggesting that cysteine and degron substrates may be at least in part chemically oxidized by reactive oxygen species under chronic hypoxia or oxidative stress. We therefore characterized the modifications of N-terminal cysteine and oxidative stress and chronic hypoxia by employing mass spectrometry of RGS4. 
Liquid chromatography mass spectrometry, LCMS, analysis show that while unexpected modifications of the N-terminal cysteine product of RGS4 protein following oxidation and anormoxia is cysteine O2. N-terminal cysteine residue of RGS4 in cells exposed to tert-butyl hydroperoxide was mostly modified into cysteine O3. Cysteine sulfonic acid. Critically, the levels of N terminal cysteine O3 carrying RGS4 peptides destined to oxidative stress associated autophagy were 73 fold higher than those destined to the UPS and the normoxia. Thus, under chronic hypoxia or oxidative stress, the N terminal cysteine residue is chemically oxidized and arginylated into the autophagy and degron arginine cysteine O3. Autophagic targeting of cysteine and degron substrates is mediated by a K63 and K27 linked ubiquitination. Previous studies showed that RGS4 and RGS5 under pneumoxia are assembled with K48 linked ubiquitin chains by the N-recognine UBR1 and UBR2. To elucidate the mechanism by which the cysteine and degron pathway modulates bidirectional proteolysis by the arginine cysteine O2 or arginine cysteine O3 degron, we characterized the ubiquitin codes of N terminal cysteine proteins under oxidative stress and chronic hypoxia. Denaturation immunoprecipitation assays. And anomoxia confirmed the polyubiquitylation of RGS4 led to acute degradation by the proteasome. Notably, RGS4 was also polyubiquitylated in the presence of excessive reactive oxygen species, which led to degradation by the lysosome but not the proteasome. When proteolytic flux was analyzed using MG132, and bafilomycin A1. To determine whether the cysteine 2 residue is essential for RGS4 ubiquitination, XNSP4, X equals cysteine or arginine, was expressed in ATE1 mouse embryonic fibroblasts using ubiquitin fusion technique. Whereas arginine RGS4 was ubiquitylated in both plus plus and ATE1 minus minus cells. Cysteine RGS4 was conjugated with polyUB chains only in plus plus cells, but not ATE1 minus minus cells. These results suggest that N terminal arginylation is essential for ubiquitylation of N terminal cysteine carrying proteins for degradation in both the UPS and autophagy. Our results suggest that the N-terminal cysteine residue is enzymically oxidized to arginine cysteine O2 under anomoxia and chemically oxidized to arginine cis O3 under chronic hypoxia and oxidative stress. We therefore characterized the differences in ubiquitin chain linkages conjugated to substrates bearing the arginine cysteine O2 or arginine cysteine O3 degrin with respect to their proteolysis via the UPS 
and autophagy, respectively. As expected, K48 ubiquitinated RGS4 was selectively enriched upon inhibition of the proteasome, but not the lysosome under oxidative stress. In contrast to K48 ubiquitin chains, K63 ubiquitin chains exhibited significant proteolytic flux upon lysosomal inhibition in cells treated with third butyl hydroperoxide. Such a proteolytic flux of K63 chains by autophagy was diminished in ATE1 deficient cells. Under these oxidative stress conditions, autophagic flux was observed with K63 UB chains, but not K48 UB chains. This result suggests that cysteine and degron substrates attacked with K63 linked ubiquitin chains. To identify additional ubiquitin modifications on RGS4 that facilitate autophagic flux, we use single lysine, lase only ubiquitin mutants, in which all lysine residues except one are substituted with arginine. When visualized using immunostaining analysis, RC oxidated RGS4 formed cytosolic puncta decolocalized solely with K63 only or K27 only mutant ubiquitin bodies. In denaturation immunoprecipitation assays and oxidative stress, autophagic flux was observed with K63 only and K27 only. Ubiquitin mutants conjugated to N-terminally cysteine substrates but not with K48 only mutants. These results suggest that RGS4 conjugated with K63, K27 linked ubiquitin chains are selectively degraded by autophagy. We therefore asked whether K63 K27 ubiquitination occurs other than N-terminal arginylation substrates that enter autophagic flux independent of N-terminal cysteine. RDCDC6 frag, a model N-terminally arginine substrate known to be destined to autophagic degradation under proteotoxic conditions, was not K63 ubiquitinated in either oxidative or proteotoxic stress. These results show that the three oxidized N-terminal cysteine residue functions as an autophagic antigran that targets substrates to the lysosome by arginylation dependent ubiquitin repriming with K63, K27 chains and oxidative stress. KCMF1 is an oxidative stress specific enricognin. The K63 ubiquitinates and terminal cysteine substrates. To identify the E3s that mediate K63 linked and or K27 linked ubiquitin chains on n terminal cysteine bearing proteins, we measured the binding of UBR1 to RGS4. Core immunoprecipitation analysis showed that the binding affinity significantly weakened under oxidative stress as compared with normal conditions.
Moreover, the genetic ablation of both UBR1 and UBR2 did not block, but rather accelerated autophagic targeting of N-terminal cysteine substrates. As these results suggest, the UBR1 and UBR2 preferentially recognize arginine cysteine O2 of arginine cysteine O3, with screened for oxidative stress-specific E3s that recognizes arginine cysteine O3 and promote K27 or K63 ubiquitination. Co-immunoprecipitation analysis coupled with mass spectrometry identified KCMF1 as E3 responsible for K63 ubiquitination of N-terminal cysteine substrates. Mapping analysis showed that KCMF1 bound arginine cysteine O3 through the ZZ domain. The ZZ domain of KCMF1 shared sequence similar with the UBR box of UBR1 and the ZZ domain of the autophagic enrogognin P62, including those required for binding N-terminally arginine. We therefore determined how the binding affinity of KCMF1 and UBR1 to the RC oxidation degradation is modulated under oxidative stress using in vitro peptide pull-down and co-immunoprecipitation assays. In basal conditions, similar amounts of KCMF1 and UBR1 were co-precipitated with RGS4. However, under oxidative stress, RC oxidative exhibited higher affinity to KCMF1 and weak affinity to UBR1 as compared with basal conditions. Pull-down assays confirmed that the ZZ domain of KCMF1 is essential for the recognition of the N-terminally arginine cysteine O3 degran. These results suggest that KCMF1 is an oxidative stress-specific N-recognin that K63 ubiquitylates N-terminally cysteine substrates. Next, we characterize the role of KCMF1 in targeting N-terminally cysteine proteins to autophagy. Denaturation immunoprecipitation says confirmed that the genetic interference of KCMF1 abolished the conjugation of K63 linked ubiquitin chains on N-terminal cysteine substrates and they reactive oxygen species induced autophagic turnover. Co-localization says revealed the interference of KCMF1 abolished both the formation of subsequent co-localization of recombinant RGS4 plus P62 plus punctate structures. In contrast, no such impairment in K63 ubiquitylation was observed in UBR1 minus minus UBR2 minus minus cells. These results suggest that KCMF1 is essential for targeting cysteine and tigran substrates to autophagy. UBR4 assembles K27 linked UB chains on K63 ubiquitylated N-terminal cysteine substrates. 
to identify the E3 responsible for the assembly of K27 linked ubiquity chains on K63 ubiquity-related and thermally sustained bearing proteins with screened UBR box proteins. Orthophagic flux assays showed that the loss of both UBR1 and UBR2 accelerated the autophagic degradation of N-terminal cysteine proteins under oxidative stress. UBR5 knockdown cells also retained the capacity to target K63 ubiquitinated RGS4 to autophagy. By contrast, UBR4 deficiency did not affect K63 ubiquitination of RGS4, but abolished its K27 ubiquitination. Consistently, UBR4 MEF and oxidative stress failed to target RGS4 to P62 plus autophagic membranes, which otherwise would form RGS4 plus. P62 plus cytosolic puncture. As a consequence, lysosomal degradation of N terminally cysteine substrates was disrupted in UBR4 MEF and E and as well as UBR4 knockdown cells. Thus, UBR4 is essential for the assembly of K27 linked ubiquitin chains on K63 ubiquitinated and terminal cysteine proteins. Next, we determined whether UBR4 acts as an endrecognin that directly binds the arginine cysteine O3 and degran of n terminal cysteine. In pull-down analysis, UBR4 did not bind the n terminal cysteine O3 carrying RGS4 peptides. Instead, UBR4 bound KCMF1 to form a complex, suggesting that KCMF1 serves as a scaffold on which UBR4 K27 ubiquitinates and terminal cysteine substrates without a direct interaction. P62 recognizes key 63 key 27 linked ubiquitin chains to target cysteine and degrin substrate to macroautophagy. We investigated how ubiquitinated cysteine and degrin substrates are delivered to autophagy. Loss of function analysis of candidate proteins revealed that the autophagy receptor P62 is critical for autophagic targeting and degradation of RGS4. Mapping analysis using P62 fragments showed the UBA domain lacking P62 mutant could bind to N-terminal cysteine RGS4, giving our early finding that P62 is an autophagic N-recognine that binds the N-terminal arginine. These results suggest that both the arginine cis-O3 and K63 K27 linked ubiquitin chains may synergically facilitate interaction between P62 and RGS4. This is in direct contrast to non-cysteine arginine antigrin substrates such as RD-CDC6-FLAG that bind P62 solely via they ZZ domains. 
We therefore determined whether P62 is essential for targeting internally cysteine proteins to autophagic membranes. In immunostaining analysis, RGS4 failed to form autophagic puncture in P62 knockdown SHSY5Y cells, as well as P62 MEF, expressing P62 UBA domain lacking P62 mutant Delta UBA MYC. This result suggests that P62 delivers K63, K27 ubiquitinated RGS4 to autophagic membranes by UBA domain. We have previously developed a chemical micri of the arginine and digrin that binds and activates P62 as an autophagic receptor. To test whether the arginine cysteine O3 activates P63 in targeting N-terminal cysteine proteins to autophagy cells were treated with YOK1104. Indeed, YOK1104 facilitated the co-targeting of RGS4 and P62 to autophagy under oxidative stress, leading to the formation of RGS4 plus P62 plus puncture and a lysosomal degradation. In contrast, YOK1104 did not alter KCMF1 mediated K63 ubiquitination status of RGS4. This result suggests that the arginine cysteine O3 binds P62 and facilitates co-degradation of P62 in complex with oxidized and ubiquitinated RGS4 by autophagy. The cis and degron pathways required for cellular hemostasis in response to oxidative stress and chronic hypoxia. To determine the role of cysteine and degron pathway in cellular responses to oxidative stress, we monitored signaling pathways in cells challenged with third butyl hydroperoxide. Chemical inhibition of N-terminal arginylation using tannic acid significantly impaired the transcriptional activation of oxidative stress-responsive proteins, including SOD1, TGF-beta, INOS, and COX2. Consistently, tannic acid rendered cells hypersensitive to cobalt chloride-induced oxidative stress, leading to apoptosis as evidenced by the cleavage of caspase 3 and PARP. Next, we investigated whether the KCMF1 UBR4 circuit is also required for cellular responses to oxidative stress. Indeed, small interfering RNA mediated knockdown of either KCMF1 or UBR4 retarded the nuclear translocation of a set of transcription factor sensitive to oxidative stress, including NRF2, PP65, and HIF1-alpha. Such an impairment was associated with hypersensitivity to reactive oxygen species-induced endoplasmic reticulum ER stress. 
giving the results. With oxidative stress, we also performed analogous assays in cells under chronic hypoxia. A similar impairment in the transcription of INOS, GPX3, SOD1 and TGF-beta was observed when ATE1 was depleted using a small interfering RNA or inactivated using tannic acid. These results suggest that the cysteine and degram pathways required for cell responses to oxidative stress. To further characterize the protective role of cysteine and degram pathway in the pathogenesis driven by oxidative stress, SHSY5Y cells were treated with 6-hydroxydopamine, 6-OHDA, a known oxidative stressor that induces mitochondrial damage leading to death of dopaminogenic neurons and followed by development of Parkinsonism. When monitored using immunocytochemistry analysis, ATE1 knockdown cells exhibited drastically increased mitochondrial fragmentation in response to 6-OHDA treatment, resulting in apoptotic cell death. A similar degree of mitochondrial fragmentation in apoptosis was observed in cells deficient in KCMF1 or UBR4. These results highlight the importance of cysteine and degram pathway in cellular homeostasis in response to oxidative stress. To obtain the pharmaceutical means to protect cells from oxidative stress, cells challenged with 6-OHDA were treated with YOK1104. The chemical activation of P62-ZZ domain stimulated P62-associated autophagic degradation of cysteine and degrin substrates and rescued cells from mitochondrial fragmentation and apoptosis. The cytoprotective efficacy was abolished when either microphthophagy or UBR4 was inactivated. This result suggests that the ATE1 KCMF1 UBR4 P62 circuit could be a therapeutic target in the pathogenesis driven by oxidative stress. Discussion Cellular homeostasis requires the sensing of dynamically fluctuating levels of oxygen-containing molecules. In this study, we show that the cysteine and degram pathway functions as a sensor for both acute and chronic hypoxia as well as oxidative stress. In this bimodular sensing system, the N-terminal cysteine residues in the presence of oxygen is enzymatically oxidized by ADO1 and arginylated into the proteosomal endigran RCO2, leading to acute proteolysis by K48-linked ubiquitylation. When cells encounter hypoxia, cysteine endigran substrates cannot be readily oxidized and metabolically stabilized to adjust signaling pathways. However, if hypoxia is prolonged, the N-terminal cysteine residue is chemically oxidized by reactive oxygen species to generate the autophagic endigran RCO3, which enables cells 
to eradicate otherwise non-degradable substrates. Through this dual mechanism, the N-terminalisethane residue acts as a common acceptor for oxygen and reactive oxygen species in response to various oxygen dysregulations, generating two structurally distinct endegrants. They induce proteolysis via the UPS or autophagy, depending on the nature of oxygen stress and duration. In mammals, the HIF1 base oxygen sensing system is known to regulate stress-responsive pathways and the hypoxia. In this oxygen sensing system, metabolically stabilized HIF1 migrates into the nucleus to induce the transcription of hypoxia-responsive proteins. The resulting heterogeneous nuclear RNAs are processed into mRNAs, which in turn are transported back to the cytosol and used for translation on the endoplasmic reticulum. The nascent polypeptides discharged from the ribosome are folded, migrate to the designed site to participate in cellular stress responses. However, this chronic sensor of hypoxia typically requires at least two to four hours for the cell to respond to hypoxia. One outstanding question to be how cells sense and react to rapidly changing oxygen levels. Our early work has identified the cis endrigon pathway as a sensor of oxygen and nitric oxide, which modulates the half-life of RGS4 through N-terminal cysteine oxidation under basal condition. In this mechanism, RGS4 is co-translationally stabilized under hypoxia and migrates to the plasma membrane, exerting its functions in two to three minutes. There is now an increasing consensus that mammalian cells send oxygen through the cysteine and digging pathway and the HIF signaling. In this study, we asked how metabolically stabilized RGS4 can be degraded if hypoxia is prolonged, despite the inability of its N-terminal cysteine to be oxidized. Our finding that the chemical oxidation of N-terminal cysteine by reactive oxygen species under prolonged hypoxia and oxidative stress provides a comprehensive understanding on how cells adopt to the transition of transient hypoxia to chronic hypoxia. Given that the methionine cysteine motif represents about 2% of the entire human proteome, the N-terminal cysteine degran may provide a wide-ranging means for cells to maintain oxygen homeostasis. In mammals, proteins are mainly degraded by the UPS or autophagy. To date, little is known about selectivity in proteolytic flux into either of the two distinct degradative pathways. Our results show that in normoxia, the canonical and recognus, UBR1 and UBR2, preferentially bind the RCO2, inducing K48 ubiquitylation and proteosomal degradation. However, under chronic hypoxia, RCO3 is selectively recognized by KSCMF1 
in un canonical it really gays and recognition. KCMF1 binds RCO3 through its ZZ domain, which shares sequence similarity with the UBR box of UBR1 and the ZZ domain of the autophagic and recognition P62. Upon binding to the RCO3, KCMF1 induces K63 ubiquitylation, followed by UBR4 mediated K27 ubiquitylation. Thus, reprogramming of UB code from K48 ubiquitylation by UBR1 and UBR2 to K63 K48 ubiquitylation by KCMF1 and UBR4 redirect cysteine and digon substrates from the UPS to autophagy. One remaining question to be addressed concerns the topology of K27, K63 and K48 linked ubiquitin chains assembled on cis and digon substrates. Given that UBR4 is known to assemble branched UB chains, K27 linked ubiquitin chains may conjugate to already assembled K63 ubiquitin chains negated by KECMF1 and branched chain confirmation. Such possibility of a branched K63 K27 ubiquitin chain may explain our previous finding that P62 functions as an endrocognin only for N-terminally arginine aspartate glutamate substrates but not for N-terminally cysteine substrates, which instead interact with the KCMF1 ZZ domain. It also remains to be determined if the ZZ domain is not only P62 and KCMF1, but also many other types of proteins represents a generally applicable, stress-specific enrogognin motif for cellular responses to SAID stresses. Thank you for listening.